this is where you come to hear tales of loss, redemption, salvation, perspectives, epiphanies, and self-evolution. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the glory in our stories. Good afternoon and good evening. Welcome to the latest episode of The Glory in Our Stories. Uh, this is your host, Calvin Wayne Pennywell Jr. On this episode, I wanted to do something different. Uh, the name of this episode is titled Favorite Films. Um, but first, before I start uh, getting into this, I do want to pay my respect to uh, Chadwick Boseman aka black panther aka t'challa aka jackie robinson aka uh james brown um man aka third good third good marshall um i haven't seen that movie yet um but i definitely have to watch it because he is a must see actor um this guy was very humble um very kind very intentional not just with his acting but his personality who he was i'm going to read you this excerpt from uh the director of black panther um he was he wrote something in dedication to him basically and this is some of the words he said about chadwick uh boseman uh, he said i noticed then that chad was an anomaly he was calm assured, constantly studying, but also kind, comforting, had the warmest laugh in the world and eyes that seemed much beyond his years, but could still sparkle like a child seeing something for the first time. Um, man, it's crazy, man. Like I was, I was, um, my wife and I were at her sister's house and my wife's family uh, it was recently my wife's birthday uh, last month on the 21st and I think a week passed before she was able to get her birthday present from the family the family heard how much she wanted to pick back up playing the cello so they got her a cello for her birthday and um, we went over to her sister's house to get it because it was delivered there and she's unpackaging it. it's beautiful cello nice case of course, she has to go somewhere to get it, the bridge set and basically get it tuned. If that's what you do with the cello, I'm not quite sure. Um, and my sister texted me a news link saying Chadwick Boseman dies of colon cancer at 43. And I'm like, huh? Now, keep in mind, this is the same reaction I had when she texted me, Kobe Bryant dies of a helicopter accident on January 26th. I remember because I was sitting at the table, I was finishing my book, Resignation, and I was like, this can't be real. 
So first thing I do is look it up. And the first source I see is TMZ. So I'm like, mm. and then I started seeing it everywhere. And I'm like, this is real. Um, While we're celebrating Adrian's um, birthday, the remnants of it. We were just in shock, all of us who were there, her sisters and myself. And I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. And that it just, it was a soft blow. Like it was like getting stabbed in the middle of the woods and waiting to die. That's what it felt like. Kobe's death felt like a bullet straight to the heart. But with this one, I was, I just couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. So, of course, his 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 accolades, his his uh, achievements, everything is, has been in high circulation over the last few days, um, over the last week. And. Man. We lost the good one. We lost an incredible actor. We lost an incredible black actor who um, had a positive role um, in influencing our culture influencing uh, future actors, influencing our kids, you know, who who admire Marvel, not only admire Marvel, but who admire characters that resemble them. And that's what Chad, Chadwick Boseman did in, with T'Challa. He embodied him. So every time you saw him, you know, you did the Wakanda salute and you're like, yo, thank you, my king, my king, because um, he he took that mantle and he, he he carried it well. So rest in peace to Chadwick Boseman. Respect to his family. I ain't gonna lie, man. My initial reaction was, dang, man, why ain't tell us? No, no. Actually, my initial reaction was, dang, why you ain't tell me, man? Why you? And Bob, like, CJ, what you gonna do? I mean, what, what could what could you have done? You're not God. You couldn't cure him. You know? Um, but I have mad respect for him and his privacy and mad respect for dealing with that over the last four years and giving us uh, one of the most iconic characters of all time. So much respect to who he is, um, what he's done, and the legacy that will live on now that he's gone. So, um, but in light of that, I wanted to take a few minutes to highlight my favorite films. Now, these are films that I grew up watching, uh, films that I've come in contact with as an adult. Watching these films now in my 30s, I'm like, man, I can appreciate them more. And I notice things that I didn't notice before. So I'm going to kick this off with. Um, I'm going to work my way from as far back as I can, as far as dates. Um, one of my favorite movies will always be Superman. Uh, the 1979 version with Christopher Reeve. Now, this whole time I've been saying Christopher Reeves. <laughs> And I think Christopher Reeves actually played Superman, but this was like in the 40s or 50s, I think. Uh, and Christopher Reeve played Superman in this movie of, I want to say, our generation. Because, you know, us 80s babies were born a few years later, so we grew up watching him, you know. So, But this movie meant so much to me because here is a superhero with good intentions raised by um, a, a warm family who who wanted to make him, you know, um, 
develop himself as a man in Metropolis in a, in a large city uh, <clears throat> doing one of the probably one of the most simplistic um, things you could ever that anyone could do in such a large city um, depending on your perspective you, you think about Superman and, and, and slash Clark Kent and who he was and what he was capable of doing he was smart um, witty um, charismatic he was also strong and he had all these abilities from his home planet Krypton but Superman could have done anything but he chose to work for a newspaper and our, the cool thing about that was like man that sounds familiar this here you have this godlike individual that could have been a millionaire that could have um, been a, a, a financial tycoon or a, a guru in any field but he chose to be a, a newspaper reporter who was clumsy and at times not very sure of himself, but very humble. And um, I was like, man, he he reminds me of Jesus. And the reason why he reminds me of Jesus, I know there may be a far. This isn't an unfamiliar claim. I'm, I'm sure because I've heard of this before. But the one thing that really captured my attention in reference to that was the dialogue that his father had with him in his incubator on his way from the planet Krypton um, after it imploded and, and on his journey towards Earth. His father said, uh, what he said, dang, what he say? You will be, I think he said it, I can't say it verbatim, but he said, you will be born, you will be you will live among you will live among them, but amongst them, but you will not be one of them. And he's he goes on to basically inform him of his heritage, where he come from, where he comes from, and basically informing him of what to what to what to expect once he arrives on in his planet, where he will receive the multitude of his powers from the sun. And then he's you no, know, he says, even though you've been raised. Even though you'll be raised as a human being, you are not. No, actually, this is the dialogue that was told to him when he became an adult before he got the Superman suit. And he was in isolation for a while um, because he was in high school when he found the um, his fortress of solitude. And um, at that point, he asked his dad through hologram, who am I? And he was like, you are. Uh, Kaleo, um, son of Jor-El of planet Krypton. And then he tells him his history. And then he says, even though you've been raised amongst them, even though you've been raised amongst the human beings, you're not one of them. And then he says, um, for the, dang what he said, man, I'm, I'm butchering this. And I basically said, um, for their capacity for good, I have sent them you, my only son. Yo, thank you for listening so far. Keep tuning in as we take a break and be right back. Many people are asking, why is racism chronically brought up amidst many conversations? Many think it's a thing of the past, while our neighborhoods and streets say the contrary. 
I would personally say we will stop talking about it once we stop practicing it. This also goes for human sex trafficking, domestic violence, misogyny, political corruption. The list goes on. Let's be about change. Let's be about equality. Let's be about love. For the fruits of the spirit are joy, peace, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and love. Galatians 5, 22 through 23. Let's choose to be great, period. And now, back to the episode. Now, he was basically saying that he sent his son, his last son, the last son, supposedly, son of Krypton, to Earth. Uh, and he basically was saying, you're going to be a god to them. This is That was the reference from Russell Crowe from a man of steel he said you will be a god to them but anyway um i just loved superman's ability he was just so cool he was just so powerful and just he was just the way that he talked to lois lane you know I, as, as a kid you know I, I really didn't pay attention to the re interaction between him and lois uh when she wrote her article the night i spent with superman anyway i'm not gonna stay on this too long but this this movie meant so much to me because it was one of those films that kept um, that was in heavy rotation, you know, during the the 80s and even, you know, or up to the early 90s, you know, because at that point the, the movie had been out about 10 years, um, but and and a couple of more Supermans have been created, but that's that's my favorite one, my favorite one, and my favorite part was when um, Lois died, and it it just broke his heart. And he just flew as fast as he could into the sky. And um, he decided to fly around the world and so fast to the point that the, the world started rotating backwards and time went back. That's how fast he was flying. And I was like, yo, that's so cool. But anyway, that is one of my favorite films of all time. Um, my next one is actually not just one movie, but three movies. It is a trilogy. Um, to me, one of the most successful trilogies because you can't watch one without watching the other two. Um, you have to watch all three, all of, all of them to connect. Um, right next to my desk is like a little shelf. And I have all three versions. It's a miniature collection. All three versions of the DeLorean from Back to the Future. And I think my wife was playing with the doors. <clears throat> they have like butterfly doors, so to speak, um, that you can lift up. Um, I have the one from Back to the Future, one, two, and three. Um, looking at them, I would have to say uh, my favorite one has to be two. Um, because at that point, it obviously, it's the bridge between one and three, but um, number number one was really good, but number two, you're like, wow, like this is how it's connected to number one, and then number three was actually sad because it was the end of the trilogy, and it was also the end of the DeLorean. Um, I will be very surprised if they end up remaking this in some form or fashion or adding on to it in the next future. I mean, they added on to Ghostbusters, I mean, I think they can do something with Back to the Future, so without messing it up, I think they could. But uh, we'll see. But I love this movie because, uh, I mean, come on, you 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 get an opportunity to go in the go back in time, you know, see your parents grow up, 
and also take a part in history. But at the same time, you end up altering it, which causes you to have to go back to the future and even go even further. And then they end up going back like everything is connected in every movie. And there's still bits and pieces that I missed. So uh, I think last about a couple of weeks ago, I ended up watching all three, not in the same day, but it took me about a week and I still love it. I love it. I love the relationship with uh, Doc Brown. I love um, Marty and what he represents. You know, he represents youth at that time. It's, and the funny thing is, the first movie, the first film was created, was 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 released in 1985, the year I was born. And um, I didn't get exposed to it until like later on, obviously. But that's been, always been one of my favorite movies. Um, so it was the uh, running time for all three was from 85 to 1990 and I, I love it it was one of those movies that came on television at any time and then every time it came on I watched it I watched it it's, it's very it's very nostalgic uh, for me to watch these films and I know we all have those films that do that but this this trilogy in, in particular was my favorite um, it's my favorite trilogy and my favorite movie of all time um, it used to be my favorite movie. <laughs> my favorite film used to be The Night at the Roxbury because it was just so dumb and funny. I even bought the um, soundtrack to The Night at the Roxbury. Um, a night, at, I think it's A Night at the Roxbury, and I loved it. It was like because I never went to the club and I was too young to go to the club anyway. But I can just imagine the club scene in the early to mid 90s you know and it, it just sounded fun so but I, I if you haven't seen it um they obviously they, they they come in a pack now uh three dvds i actually have three separate C, uh, dvds i i found the trilogy on one dvd and i was like no i don't need that i already have them and i think i have two copies of two copies of one i think um and maybe the first one but anyway, that was my one of my favorites. One thing I remember as a child is our cable getting cut off and we were left to watch movies, VHS, VHSs. And during the time we were transitioning into DVDs like the mid to late 90s. And these movies that I'm listing are movies that was part of that catalog you know movies that my sisters and i really enjoy of course they had their own favorites but for me um those that's what i kept watching it reminded me of simpler times um took me back to a kid and um helped me enjoy life so i hope the movies that you and your families are getting into now via all these streaming services do the same for you so uh, but continue continue to listen to the latest episode of the Glory Not Stories uh, titled uh, My Favorite Films. The next movie I didn't I didn't see until ooh, I'm trying to figure out what I was. Maybe in my early twenties, if late if not late teens. Uh, the movie the movie version of Clue, C L U E. Um, if you have never heard of Clue, Clue is basically a game. Um, about you have a, a butler, you have the um, the maid, you have 
the cop, you have all these different types of people. You have the doctor and they come to this one house and all of a sudden a couple of murders start happening in the house and you have to figure out who killed who. Uh, but they made this into a movie and surprisingly Christopher Lloyd that played Doc from Back to the Future plays in this film. Um, I forgot this man's name, but he played on Rocky Horror. Um, what is it? The Rocky Horror Show. I'm pretty certain I'm mispronouncing that. Uh, but he played on that, and he was uh, very. He played the butler. He played the butler, and I love him because he's always funny, always funny, and. Um, <laughs> man he was just hilarious Tim Curry Tim Curry was on there um, trying to figure out Michael McKean I've seen his face so many times um, but it was it was a hilarious movie and it's one of those movies that I can watch over and over I think it was done in the 80s I'm pretty certain it was done in the 80s um, but it, yeah, yeah, it was 1985. Um, very funny movie. If you want a nice laugh, you know, that's, that's a good movie to watch. I just, that's one of the movies that I can watch and just relax and not focus too hard. Um, so, you know, you need some, sometimes you need those type of films, just like you need, sometimes you need those type of, of songs that you don't have to think about, just listen to and just move or, or just mellow out and relax and come to this place of, of calmness where you don't have to um, put forth energy into figuring something out mentally. So uh, Clue is definitely one of my favorite movies. So that's one movie you should watch if you have the time, if you want to make the time to watch it. It's really, really funny. Um, next movie, I'm trying, I know I'm probably going through these um, pretty quickly but I don't want to waste too much time so um, the next movie is oh this is one of my this is my favorite revenge movie we all have seen those movies where something's been done wrong to you to the individual the main character the, the protagonist and they go through this uh, transformation where they are seeking revenge and they've acquired these skills or this this form of upgrade to where they have either evened the playing field of taking it up a few notches. And with this one, uh, The Count of Monte Cristo, the 2002 version. Now, I saw this, um, I think when I was a teenager, if not early 20s, I was at home and either it was on the uh, VHS or DVD. And I watched it and I was like, yo, this is really good. You have Edmund Dantes, who's basically this guy that works on a ship. And he gets involved in this political uh, scheme um, where he gets um, he ends up playing a part in Napoleon Bonaparte's um, access in this war. And they accused him of treason, but he didn't know what he was doing. He was just asked to take a letter 
to someone and he was like yo yeah yeah i do it and Don, edmund dantes is just very nice he's just a nice guy and he just was at the wrong place at the wrong time and they uh his best friend armand armand i think that's his name no is this armand i'm not sure i forgot his name but he was in love with Edmund Dantes' girlfriend and he just he was so jealous of Edmund Dantes and one thing he couldn't understand was I come from a family of money and riches but I'm jealous of you who has nothing I'm jealous of your life it shouldn't be that way so he set him up uh sent him, he ended up going to prison and while in prison Edmund figured out what happened and then he's life's purpose from that point was to seek revenge on his best friend. So I hope I didn't give too much away, but it's it's it is an awesome, awesome movie. Side note, side note, Henry, I think it's Henry Cavill. I think that's his name. The guy that played the Superman from like 2007, 2008, I think. He played a teenager in this film. And I didn't realize it till I saw it. And I was like, that's Henry Cavill. That's Superman. And he he did a really good job. Um, but it's funny how you you see actors and you think they just popped up out of nowhere when actually they've been acting for a minute. Um, they just probably weren't in films that you were interested in. And originally, I was not interested in Monte Cristo, Count of Monte Cristo, because by the look of it, it's like, oh, it's just an old movie about man in sport fighting. No, this this movie was gangster. It was gangster. I'm telling you, man, it was, it's a good movie. I, every time I pull it out of the collection, I watch the whole thing. I, I do. I watch the entire, I watch the entire film. And um, that was, it was good. It was a really, really good movie. So I highly recommend The Count of Monte Cristo. Um, came out in 2002. Really good movie. I even started reading the book. I didn't finish it. I have the book somewhere. Um, it's probably in the house because I promised myself that I was gonna read it again. And because it's so, the movie is good. And I'm like, definitely. Matter of fact, I started reading Back to the Future three. Should have started at the beginning, but I started reading Back to the Future three, um, the book, obviously, uh, because I love the film, film so much. I did the same thing to. Uh, V for Vendetta, read the graphic novel for that, read Watchmen, Watchmen, the, the, the graphic novel is so much better than the movie, um, and The Dark Knight Returns, um, I read that, the graphic novel, um, side note, I was so pissed at Batman versus Superman because they took a concept out of that, a, a very important concept out of the Dark Knight Returns and put it in that movie. And it felt like they just made a movie around that. And I'm like, nah, that's not cool, man. And then <laughs> when I went to see Batman versus Superman, Superman, I almost walked out, but I said, nope, I paid for this. I'm dedicated. And I'm gonna ride this through. And even to this day, I still don't like it. Still don't like it because they did that. I rather they had created a different story than to take a part of a um, of a pivotal pivotal series and just prop just plop it into this movie and it it didn't make any sense. I was like, no, that's not right. 
that's not right. So anyway, uh, back to The Count of Monte Cristo uh, came out in 2002. Really good movie. Um, you really need to, uh, I would check that out if I was you. Um, moving right along, I actually watched, if you haven't, if you haven't heard of Unsung, U-N-S-U-N-G, it's a program that used to come on, I'm not sure if it still does, um, used to, it came on, I forgot what channel, um, but it basically talk. it basically was a, a short, do, about an hour documentary about somebody in history and their backstory. Um, they did, most of the time they did mus musicians. Uh, but not just any musician, primarily black musicians. And um, they did Phyllis Hyman. They did Elle DeBarge. Uh, uh, what's her name? Kelly Price. Um, they did a lot of a lot of famous people. Uh, but one of them, one of them, this boy in particular, did an unsung unsung episode on a movie, a very iconic movie in the black community. Um, this movie was uh, The Best Man. When I saw this movie, this was like one of the first times I was actually watching black films because when my sisters and I were younger, my mom didn't want us to watch certain movies because they had a lot of profanity and had some, you know, a lot of provocative scenes in them. And around that time, I was, uh, I think, 14 years old when the best man came out in 1999 and i've already had i've already been exposed to most of the characters in that movie you know i've i've, I've seen morris chestnut from boys in the hood uh terrence howard ugh. that might have been the first time i was introduced to him i saw um the woman that played morris chestnut's wife she played in um rebound with Don Cheadle about the story about Earl the Goat Manigo Earl the Goat Manigoat. I think that's his name. Um probably one of the best basketball players that never made it. This guy was bad. He was the first I think he was one of the first ones to do a double dunk, which meant is he put the ball through the rim and then put it through put the ball through the rim, it went into his other hand and then he dunked it again. Like it was fun it was a phenomenal movie. Uh, but he just is really, really, really sad. But going, getting back to, <laughs> getting back to the best man. The reason why this movie was so pivotal was because while I was watching the unsung documentary, I realized how Shakespearean it was. It wasn't over the top. It it was it was perfect. You had this one guy trying to keep a secret the entire movie, and everybody's life was affected by it. And he couldn't see that. It was even affecting the woman he was in love with, you know, who was played by Sonana Lathan. And he he screwed it up. Screwed it up big time. Well, we we thought we thought he did. But anyway, um, awesome movie. Um, it was one of those mo those movies where we were able to see ourselves, we as in young black men, and we were able to see ourselves outside of the um, stereotypical box of 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 uh, being, for lack of a better term, caricatures of having over having exaggerated characteristics. Either we were too loud or we were too aggressive. Um, 
it, but the it, but this movie was very well rounded because it gave you a variety of of different black individuals. You had the athlete um, who was um, very religious. You had the 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 black writer who was very successful and educated, and you had um, his friend who was a black woman who was also educated and did very well for herself. Um, it was it just had a and you had Terrence Howard character who was the playboy, um, but he had he had a, a great degree of confidence and and elegance about himself. And um, and you had somebody like Merch, you know, he was he was whipped whipped, you know, <laughs> by his girlfriend, but he was very kind, uh, considerate, uh, very humble, and very highly educated as well. And seeing us in that light. It was very reassuring. So um, that is one of my favorite movies because it is one of the one of the many films that portrayed us in a in a in a positive light and, and an encouraging light. Hey, Tigas listeners, just wanted to say that if you're listening to this podcast and if and if you've been listening for a while, I would love to hear from you, the audience. Um, if you want, you can email me at. Mr. Pennywell, the number eight at gmail.com. That's M R P E N N Y W E L L, the number eight at gmail.com. Or you can even text me, 706 951 6025. Again, 706 951 6025. Again, I would love to hear from you. And now, back to the episode. The next one, I'm going to go back to 1982 to Rambo First Blood. Now, I'm going to tell you how much I loved Rambo. I loved Rambo so much that my mom had to hide the VHS of Rambo in the cabinet in the kitchen so I wouldn't watch it because I was mimicking it at school, apparently. And I always wanted a Bowie knife. Because if you notice, with every Rambo movie, the the Bowie knife got bigger and bigger and bigger. I mean, by the time you got to Last Blood, it was a machete. <laughs> in the first one, it was a pocket knife. But in Last Blood, that, that could have been a sam- samurai sword. It could have been a katana, you know, for all I know. Um, but Rambo was that guy that wasn't superhuman. He was just... A former military that was highly skilled and he took on he was a one-man army everything he needed he had and he acquired on his own and the first film was obviously just action-packed it came on Fox like every weekend um, so every time it came on I would watch it I would be in the living room and I watched First Blood again as an adult and I totally overlooked the pain that he was going through John Rambo he had just returned from the Vietnam War basically lost all his friends and he was alone and he had literally had to start over and he entered a town who uh, where the policemen didn't like him um, they thought he was like they even referred to him as your kind quote unquote and I was like wow that sounds familiar and they just really mistreated him. And Brambo said enough is enough. <laughs> so he took on the whole police department. Um, and uh, But that very last scene 
in First Blood. If you ever get a chance to watch it, it's very sad because his colonel or his lieutenant in Vietnam came to talk to him and he was just yelling, yo, he was like, I didn't, ex basically he said, I didn't expect to leave a war only to enter into a new, into another one, to enter, to exit Vietnam and to enter the real world. It's like, man, I, I feel like I'm, I'm fighting again. And it's like, this isn't what I wanted. This isn't what I thought it would be. So, and he was crying and, and it was one of the saddest things to watch. I didn't pay attention to that as a kid. Um, but now um, I was like, man, that's, man, that's sad. But um, it's, it's a really good movie. Um, fellas, if you're into action movie and women and ladies, if you're into a good old fashioned um, action movie, this is something that you have to watch. Um, it's sort of one of the blueprints of action movies, you know, of our generation. So um, I wanted to save this one for last because it's um, one of the best movies ever because we've all most of us fans. Of, of MCU, uh, Marvel Comics Universe, um, have been looking forward to this, and it finally happened. In 2012, The Avengers came out. The beautiful thing about that, I remember when GameStop released the DVD. Not only did you get a DVD, you got a shirt, and like you paid like 30 something dollars for all this, because it was Blu-ray, DVD, digital, it, it, everything. But when when it first came out, like you saw Thor, you saw Captain America, Iron Man, um, Hawkeye, Scarlet Witch. Not Scarlet Witch, I'm sorry. Ooh, I should have said that. Um, Black Widow. I highly apologize to all my Marvel fans for getting them to mixed up. Totally different. Um, and you got introduced. You got introduced to um, um, Mark Ruffalo as the the Hulk, and the way that they designed this specific Hulk, they made him more human-like. Um, in reference to Mark Ruffalo and um, Bruce Banner, and they did a really good job, really good job. Um. But when this, when 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 the Avengers came out, it was a great excitement for me, my friends, my mom, because my mom is a as a comic book fan. She she loves Marvel. I think she loves Marvel over DC. Um, but it was such a good movie, um, really good. I I would want to compare the numbers uh, between the first Avengers and Endgame because. Endgame is what everybody was looking forward to, but really didn't. But it was sad to experience because it's the end game. Um, things were going to change. You know, that was the last time um, we saw uh, T'Challa as Black Panther. So, um, and he was the first out of the. The boom circle. I think it's the boom tube. I think it's the boom tube. It's what um, Doctor Strange creates to have people teleport. But he was the first one to show up, and he gave um, Captain America, Steve Rogers, gave him that nod, like, "Yo, we got you. I got your back." And um, 
man. The Avengers, man. They 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 set the tone. Um, obviously, Iron Man set the tone for the Marvel Universe and cinem cinematically. Um, <laughs> everybody ignores uh, the Hulk that came out in like 2004. I think nobody liked it. I mean, it was the only part that I liked out of it. If you ever want to watch it, go ahead. It is very, in comparison to the latest one, it's very cartoonish. Uh, so to speak, the the director wanted to go into a, um, into a um, a direction of ha making it seem more of a comic book. So it was okay for its time, but my favorite part out of the whole movie is when the Hulk is running through the desert. Uh, that's my favorite part. Actually, sometimes YouTube that particular part um, so that I um, can watch it so that I can watch that particular moment because it's it's pretty cool to me um, uh, let's see but yeah Avengers 2012 that was man that's my favorite one of my that's that's my favorite Avengers movie the first one because we finally got to see um, the Avengers you know after watching cartoons and animated films and watching them in their separate films they were all together so um, I had a few honorable mentions. Uh, let's see. The first Batman from our generation, I think, is 1989. Michael Keaton. I like that one because we were we saw Batman, you know, in a new light, and um, that is my favorite Batmobile from that movie. That that particular 1989 Batmobile. Let me let me look this up just to make sure. I think it is 1989. Um, I'm just gonna run with it. I mean, if if I'm wrong, apologize. But I do think it's 1989, and got introduced to the Joker by Jack Nicholson. He killed it. Um, yeah, that was. I loved it. It was it was dark, and it was just. It was iconic. Um, some other honorable mentions. Um. Uh, I guess I'll just name a few of movies that I can watch again. Crazy Rich Asians. I really love that movie. That was one of the movies that my wife uh, wanted to go see. And when we went to see it, I was like, yo, this movie has a really good meaning. Like, it was really good. I uh, enjoyed that. Um, let's see. I can't. Dang. There's a lot of movies that I love, love watching. Um... Hmm. Yeah. I guess that. Oh, Django. I really enjoy Django. Django um, basically created the opportunity for a, a, a slave to become the protagonist of the entire movie. And Jamie Foxx killed that. Um, he did, a, a, did an awesome job in Django. That was... There's some part. There's a lot of parts actually. It's hard to watch, but that was, that was superb. That was that was good. Um, there's this movie called The Kitchen. I'm gonna end on this. There's this movie called The Kitchen. It's on Amazon Prime. It's based and it's basically about. I kid you not. The entire movie is shot from the view of a kitchen, but so much happens. It's basically centered around this main character who's turning 
I think 30 and so much is going on in her life and other people's lives and it's just all centered about around one of her friends throwing her a, a birthday party that she obviously doesn't care about but it's so good it's it's the character it's the uh, the, the actor actor that that was that played Donna in that 70s show she's the main um actor uh, the main character and it was I just love the movie because everything about it is so real like experiencing life the way that they did it was very very um relatable so um but yeah uh but those are that's the list of my favorite of all my favorite films i have oh i mentioned this last one um and it's actually it's well it's three movies it's actually four in all but i i enjoyed the, the first three all the all the first three Indiana Jones, um, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, Indiana Jones. I think the first one was Indiana Jones Raiders of the Lost Ark. I keep getting the 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 the, the, the order mixed up. I think Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade was the third one. Um, because that that was when Sean Connery played his father. Um, but Indiana Jones was one of my favorite trilogies. The first three, I, I enjoyed the fourth one. I did, even though you know Harrison Ford he aged a little bit. He wasn't as he wasn't as spry, you know, as his former Indiana Jones Indiana Jones roles. Um, but um, all of the first three Indiana Jones were my favorite. Um, I grew up watching most of the movies that I watched. I watched with my mom because uh, we both are action junkies. Action, action junkies. <laughs> I think it's maybe where I got it from. Uh, but I, I really enjoyed Indiana Jones, and because um, he was so adventurous, you know, ne you never knew what he was going to get into. Uh, no, but I really enjoyed that. So anyway, um, if you have the opportunity, watch these films. And, uh, you know, let me know what you think. Um, for those of you who have um, seen my latest um, social media posts, I'm actually taking a 21 day social media hiatus. So um, nothing wrong. Just something that I wanted to try something different. Um, the reason why I'm doing this is because, you know, they say it takes 21 days to break a habit. And I think it takes 70 something days to keep it that way um, I may be wrong but I know after about three weeks um, if you practice something long enough it becomes a habit that's actually how I stopped biting my nails there are some days where I put my nail my fingernail like between my teeth and I'm like I can't bite it I can't bite it and it's because I had trained myself not to bite my fingernails anymore so um, but I'm about three weeks I'm gonna stay off social media there's so much on there and I realized that there are days where I just scroll scroll for no reason and I don't want to do that anymore I want to put my energy towards something that's helpful uh, something that matters to me um, something that adds to my life um, I'm gonna read more write more I'm still gonna be posting episodes gonna be a new episode every other week I'm still doing what I do so but just wanted to put that out there uh, but yeah this is the end of the episode again watch these films 
and I, I promise you, you won't be disappointed. And if you are, don't blame me, blame the movies. Because, um, yeah, <laughs> no, I'm just playing. But just, you know, if, if you don't like them, they, that's understandable. But they, they're really good movies, and they actually influenced my life in so many ways. So, um, yeah, this is the latest episode of The Glory on Stories with your host, uh, Calvin Wayne Pennywood Jr., talking about my favorite films. Yo, thank you for listening. Tune in next time for the latest episode of The Glory in Our Stories.